Welcome to Alumni Evolution, the official podcast of the Kentucky Wesleyan College Alumni Association. Join us each week as we interview incredible alumni and friends and follow the evolution of their lives. Hey, everybody. We are back again for another edition of Alumni Evolution, the official podcast of the KWC Alumni Association. I am Doug Hoyt, and I have the privilege of being the host of this podcast. And today, I have a great guest with me, Mr. Ben Keyes. Ben, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me, Doug. You know, uh, Ben, you are um, somebody who I feel like this is going to be an interesting podcast because what I know is that neither one of us have a problem with talking. And what sort of time frame are we talking about? That's exactly right. That's the problem right there. That's right. So uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, First of all, get us started by telling us about you. Sure. Well, uh, I'm originally from Russellville, um, and I came up here in 2006 to uh, KWC. My older brother had been here the four years previous, keeping a trend going of every single school Absolutely. that I had ever attended. Absolutely, that's a great thing to uh, do. That he, he left, and then I showed up. Uh, we continued that tradition uh, here at KWC. Actually, so when we were getting prepared here, I saw Derek Hancock uh, before I came in. And I had haven't seen Derek in about ten years, and he was showing me all these new facilities. I did Panther Radio when I was a student here, and actually, that's one thing when we were prepping everything that there's a there's a fun sign just as about we'll, we'll peel back the the curtain a little bit for our listeners that in in the studio here there is a sign that's a reminder that I laughed and I felt targeted by that sign. I said, <laughs> Derek, I said, we, we you didn't have that sign when I was here, but I definitely received this advice, and it's to pronounce the W as W and, and that it's not instead of W W, w uh, or he, he, I can't remember what the other, he said, I've, I've heard W pronounced another way, but he often had to remind me that it's WKWC, not WKWC, yes, not WW. So I had that same no. privilege of being on the, the radio here when I was here, which was back in the eighties. And, uh, uh, Ben, it, it, interestingly, that was back in the days when in order for you to be on any radio station, you had to apply for an FCC license mm-hmm. to be on the radio. So I applied and I received that license. In fact, I still have that license. Is that right? Found it in an old wallet about a year ago, cleaning out a room. All right. Back then, even. so you are qualified to do this. That's good. I didn't well, want to have to ask you directly, but you now, are qualified to lead this podcast. So, I'm not going <laughs> to admit or deny that I'm qualified to do this, but we're doing it anyway, and we're going to have a little fun while we're doing. <laughs> sure. So you you came to Wesleyan in '06, or you graduated in '06? I, I came up here in, in 2006. Okay, and what was the intention to study what? So I was a communications major from the from the get go. Um, I had worked at the radio station in Russellville, uh, where I'm from, and had I started working there when I was 14, and I, at that point thought that that's what you know that I wanted to do with uh, with my career. And I had done um, you know on air shifts, done the you know the news, had done production, uh, sports broadcasting. I did you know football, basketball. Locally, um, yes, there uh, for the Russellville Panthers, and so you know, 
and I've also been a, a Panther my entire life. Now we had to switch colors uh, when I came up here uh, to to from black and gold to purple. But you know, being the voice of the Panthers, I guess that was you know because I, I did the women's basketball play by play all four years. I was a student here, and so I was I did I was the voice of the Lady Panthers at Russellville for three of the four years I was a student, and did the men's broadcast for. Um, two of those four years okay, as well. And so that was uh, what I really wanted to do was, you know, a radio. I worked there at the local station, like I said, for three of the four years I was in high school and uh, competed like in speech and debate and did broadcasting uh, in that and made it to state, you know, and that's kind of where I had a teacher, uh, Miss Von Lehman, who, drum roll, is a Kentucky Wesleyan uh, graduate um, and the connectivity is amazing. Yeah, and so she uh, she was the uh, speech coach and freshman year, like just from having me in class because she taught freshman English. She said, what, you know, have you ever thought about doing uh, speech? I think you'd be you have a strong voice. Like, I think you'd be really good at broadcasting. It turns out she was right. And I, you know, went and competed. I made it to state my first year doing it. And then. Um, she had also been the freshman English teacher for the GM of the local radio station. Um, what a, <laughs> and, what uh, a nice coincidence. And, uh, and she kind of, uh, he, he essentially used the Russellville uh, speech team as his uh, farm system. Uh, and so I got, you know, called up from single A, uh, room 107 or whatever it was, uh, to, <laughs> to yep. the radio station. To the majors, yeah. if you will. And uh, yes, but uh, Miss Von Lehman, a uh Kentucky Wesleyan graduate uh, kind of put me on that path uh, in a way. So, well, that's a cool story. Yeah, yeah. So you came to Wesleyan and and you were in uh, communications. Mm-hmm. But what else did you do? Um, so I was uh, the radio station was a big part of of that and doing communications. Uh, I was a member of Sigma Phi Epsilon. That was probably the other you know, real defining uh, part of my student experience. Um, I also am a SIGAM. I'm, I'm aware, Doug. Uh, we've we have had those discussions. We have had a great time. Like I said, that was probably the the key part of of my experience. More things that I did here were related to the fraternity than to anything else. Probably just as a student, it was just woven into everything else uh, out, that was done outside of the classroom. Um, but uh, in addition to that, I was on student government. Um, I played. We we started a, a club, ultimate frisbee team senior year. We played in one tournament. We compiled a record of zero and three. Oh, and well, that's impressive. We, we did receive a national ranking because if you play in a registered tournament, um, then you you receive a national ranking. And we were very proud that we lost every game that we played, but we weren't last place in America because there was some team, I think, that had also started the same semester we did, which I think was the fall of 08. And it was fall of either 08 or 09. I can't remember if it was junior or senior year that we did that. But there was a team that was 0-6, and we were still ahead of them. (laughs) Because you had not lost as many matches. We hadn't lost as many games as they had. Yes, okay. Well, uh, that's impressive. (laughs) Yeah, nationally ranked, but not last. That's right, not last. Uh, yeah, we we went down to WKU and and played a played a tournament one weekend and got taken to the cleaners uh, basically, but it was fun. <laughs> uh, it's an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Kentucky Wesleyan, you graduate, and where then? I was here uh, for the first few years. I worked in the admissions office for uh, the next three years after I graduated, which was. 
uh, quite an experience to go out and try to get people here. And it was it was great. I got to actually work with the man who recruited me here, Larry Knopfsinger, who I think for any student who is from the 270 area code uh, and you started school before 2013, you knew Larry Knopfsinger. And um, he was incredible. Um, for anybody who isn't familiar with him, you know, he's a, he was a graduate of uh, Kentucky Wesleyan and taught um, in Hopkins County for decades. And if you also, if you're from Hopkins County, there's a very decent chance he taught you how to swim, that he was, oh, he was a swim coach, swim coach. and everybody, um, I, he's one of the people that you've never heard anything but overwhelmingly positive things about. And you know, there's a, uh, just as a plug for the office of external relations, there is an endowed scholarship in his name. So if you, if you know him and loved him, uh, but you didn't know that that existed. Now you know, um, so you can I, I did you not can support know. that. Yeah, they did that in memory uh, of of him uh, when he passed away um, in 2013. But um, cool. Yeah he he was uh, a really you know a really big part of getting both me me and my brother uh, to to come to school here, and uh, so it was you know I got to work a couple of college fairs with Larry, and so that was really uh, you know really something and. Um, you know, got to travel around, you know, around the around the state, around the southeast, and got to tell people about how great this place was. And so, some, you had an area or a region that mm-hmm. you were responsible for. Yeah. Okay. And that was the southeast United States. But predominantly, um, we kind of there were some cutouts. Like, I I don't remember exactly all of the. How, oh, yeah. how it went, but I was in, I definitely had Tennessee. I was in Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, Memphis, that sort of thing. And I went down to Florida to a couple of college fair events, Atlanta, stuff like that. We didn't really, when students would apply from the Southern states, that was mostly my territory. We didn't necessarily go down there for, co- like, we didn't go to college fairs in Mississippi, say. Like, most of them we stayed okay. still relatively close to to Owensboro. Uh, so but, at the time, where was the student, the new student population coming from? What was the predominant area? Well, I mean, I think they're always regional, right? That people come from Owensboro, Western Kentucky, Southern Indiana, and Louisville. Um, it's kind of okay. historically, that's that's where I think most all of us uh, come from, it seems, uh, unless a sport brings you in. Uh, from a from a wider range, but I think that was that was certainly true at the time. We had a lot of um, at that point in time, though. It, it's funny how certain sports, uh, just where the coaches might be from, matters a lot to where they're well. They recruit, what yes, they know that, where they're familiar with, absolutely. And so at the time, we had a couple of football coaches. I think that were from Texas, and so we were getting a bunch of kids from Texas. And and of course Florida, which but that's a that's a broader trend in college football, right? That Texas and Florida are where everybody goes to recruit. Absolutely, absolutely. But, um, you well, know, this was when I was in the admissions office, though, was right when the Neemans took over the the basketball program. Okay, uh, for the for the women, and it was interesting because all of the players then because they are from you know upper uh, Midwest uh, Great Lakes area and very quickly the roster uh, shifted to everybody being from Indiana uh, Michigan Ohio and you know it used to be I think a little bit more 
Kentucky and Southern, Indi- uh, Southern Indiana centric because Coach Williams was from this area. And so that was where he recruited. Yeah. And that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I asked the question, you know, when I was at Wesleyan in 80 through 84, there was a very large pop- student population from Ohio. Sure. They had been recruiting in Ohio. And I, mm-hmm. I was curious if the, the geographic uh, recruitment had changed, mm-hmm. you know, over those decades. Um, and and it seems like maybe it has a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. recognize as many places in Ohio now for, for students as I used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a a large northeast segment mm-hmm. of student population: Ohio, New York, New Jersey. Yeah. Well, and that's um, one thing that when you look at uh, a lot of the the places uh, in like alumni records or, or wherever, like in the admissions office, we of course would have had those original home addresses, you know, for students when they right. apply. And when you kind of look at where those are on the map, that there is an interesting flow of how the, how it goes through the years that, you know, if you've met people who were here in the seventies and sixties, that they talk about how many students there were from the Northeast uh, coming at the time you were talking about Ohio, uh, that I just, I know from, my current career working in higher education, um, that there are a lot of schools in Kentucky that had students from Ohio because Ohio in-state tuition uh, was always a little bit more expensive than in a lot of other states. And so it was very common for Ohio students to look out of state because it was not going to cost them any more money uh, to go to college a lot of the time. Um, That was certainly the case. I worked at EKU for a few years and there were so many alumni now of course they're not that far away from cincinnati there but there were several alumni that i met who were like you know going to eku was going it was cheaper than anywhere uh in ohio for out-of-state tuition at eku and so obviously that would have been a similar case like here at kwc too but you know and now we've got you know this program where we have all these students from nevada and that would have never happened before yeah that's uh, an amazing story yes and so that's and that started uh, around about 10 years ago, I'm not sure of the exact start date uh, off the top of my head, but the Rogers Fellows, I think, started, I think it was announced when I was still working here in the admissions office, uh, but didn't take effect until after I left. You you spent a few years here mm-hmm. as an admissions counselor. Mm-hmm. My joke was always that I liked my job so much here at Wesley and then I quit. Um, <laughs> because uh, That I, happens to all of us at I some had, point. I had never considered the staff apparatus, I guess, in higher ed. Like I'd never really thought about higher education being a place where people worked besides your the faculty, you know. And so when I worked here, uh, I really learned a ton about, you know, college uh, administration, just like how, how all of that goes. And I was, fa- you know, I was fascinated by it because I'm out here trying to recruit students and uh, learning about, you know, the importance of, you know, just learning how enrollment plays into the the other goals of the institution and things like that. And I found it fascinating. And I love being on a college campus. Who wouldn't? Uh, it's got everything that you could want, right? And it, for, you know, if you were here, then it's probably some of the most, you know, the warmest memories that you have in your, in your life. No doubt about and, it. And so there's also so there's some nostalgia, but there's always something to do, and there's a there's a great energy 
that you get from being around people who are currently experiencing that, even when you have, have aged past it. Uh, and it does make, I will say, the one the one drawback of working on a college campus is you will feel old. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> that, um, you know, I'll, 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 in my current you know, roll. I'll, I'll be at our little coffee place on campus, and you know, hearing the conversations that go on around you and things like that, and it's like, wow, I, f- I feel really old right now. Um, I don't. I didn't think I was old, but I am. Um, I'm certainly, or certain, uh, speeding towards that destination anyway. Yeah, you know, Ben, I'm not real fond of talking about how old we're getting, but uh, I, I have the privilege of being an adjunct faculty member here as well, and. One of the things I recognize is how old I am when it's 17, 18, 19-year-olds that come into the classroom. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's really invigorating. Mm -hmm. You know, I learn so much from them. Absolutely. And so it's it's fun, but you're right. It slaps you in the face about it, it how is, old you are. It is hum- if if you thought if you thought you were still a young person, you will be humbled immediately. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, but going back to kind of my decision to, you know, leave, you know, leave Wesleyan was hard. Uh, you know, I'd been here at that point for seven years and um, it was it was a difficult decision because I loved loved working here and loved and just loved being here because it was still, you know, if I guess I was also in a position where I had graduated but wasn't made to leave because I came into that role yeah, pretty quickly. Kind of a different situation. Yes, and so I never I never left and you kind of pulling, you know, the the Scott uh, or Roy uh you know that like uh, I don't stay. Yes, I don't I don't know that I ever thought that I was going to be here for 40 years all Scott Kramer or Roy Pickerel, but like I kind of felt like well, I I might be. I think I would I would like for that to be true. Um, you know, but life happens and sometimes you get taken in other directions. And I really felt like, um, you know, going to pursue a master's degree, which is what I did. And I wanted to do it full time. I didn't want to, I want, I, I love school. I've always loved school. Uh, and so I, I thought, well, if I'm going to do, you know, a master's degree, I want to, I want to do get school. It done. Uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to try to do it while working because I don't feel like I'll be able to invest myself into it the way that I would want to. And so I, I quit my job to go pursue a master's degree full time. And I went to uh, Peabody uh, College uh, at, at Vanderbilt and uh, was in the master's of higher education program there. Okay. And um, yeah, it was it was great. Um, I really loved it, learned a ton and kind of thought that it would also be an opportunity for me to use that as a a pivot into a different area of higher ed. I did maybe more the administrative area, sure, or, um, or something. Yes, other than what you had been doing. Yes, and I loved being an admissions counselor, but I knew that I couldn't do what we often call that that job, like the the role of admissions counselor, when you know the recruitment is your job. There's no other administrative task assigned to you. Like we call those people the road warriors, uh, you know, because you're out. Going to the, the college fairs, going to the high schools, doing the events and stuff like that. And that's one of those things that even at 25, I was saying, well, that's a young man's game. Uh, <laughs> that like, I don't know how many more. At 25. I don't know how many road seasons I have left in me uh, because it is all consuming, uh, especially Labor Day to Thanksgiving. There's just, there's college fairs 
and high school visits and you're just, you're just gone. And it was hard, you know, to, you know, just wake up sometimes and for like, Oh, what city am I in today? Um, you know, like that sort of thing. I knew I didn't want to do, I couldn't do that for another institution. I think you, for me, it was about like, I can only do this for a place that I love. I think I could do an administrative sort of role for someone else. Yeah, but, but I, not a, attracting students. Yes, that right. I don't burn with that same sort of passion uh, for anywhere except, you know, alma mater, which for me is is Kentucky Wesleyan. So I didn't really, you know, see myself doing that so anywhere that, else. So that's what took you to EKU? But, yeah, so and I, I switched into to philanthropy and alumni and development work. Um, and so... Um, yeah, I wound up at EKU and worked there for about three years and uh, got my start in major gift fundraising there. And uh, it was really, I mean, it was really great. Uh, you know, EKU was a great place to work. There were a ton of great people. And, you know, I love, even though, like I said, it's not alma mater, so it doesn't, you know, there's 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 a level of affection and passion that, you know, I will not be able to duplicate for anywhere else because I it's not my undergraduate alma mater. You know, and even with a master's degree, you know, I feel like there's a different sort of, um, I feel like you, you feel differently about that, you know, that's not the exact same experience when you go and you're getting a master's, especially when you're a few years removed uh, from undergrad like I was, that like, okay, I'm coming here because I know that I want to pursue this degree and I have a very specific you know, aim in mind. I, I completely understand. I, I left immediately after graduation and went to Indiana State to get my graduate degree. Mm-hmm. I got my master's degree in 12 months mm-hmm. because I wanted to do nothing but get my master's degree. I but, but it means I have very little connectivity back to that school. Sure. Because it was just an education. Mm-hmm. You know, my connectivity is at Wesleyan. Sure. And even, so I was on a two-year, uh, you know, just the, sort of a more traditional full-time thing uh, at at Vanderbilt. But yes, it's not as if um, I ever felt like Vandy was anywhere close to the same sort of, you know, feeling in my my heart, you know, that that KWC has. And going to EKU, though, you know, was really, really great to – See, like, because at that point in time, the only place I had worked was at my alma mater, too. And so to be able to, like, see different things, uh, see things operate differently, hear different stories and things like that, I think was a lot of professional growth. Because at that point in time, everything about my career had been so, it just so Wesleyan, right? And um, it, I think yeah, it, it brings in different perspectives. Yes. And so it was, it, it was very beneficial to be... Uh, in a place where I could get some fresh lenses for things and be able to 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 have some growth there. And I was at EKU for a few years, and then I've been uh, – that was uh, 2015 to early 2018. And then I've been in Asheville, North Carolina, um, and I work for Western Carolina University, which is not actually in Asheville. It's in a community called Cullowee, which is – in the valley between uh, two large uh, ridges of, of mountains there. So so interestingly, they're the same. I heard you tell, I think, the other day, they're the same color. They they're, are, they're still they are purple. purple, yes. So you, you kept the same mascot 
from high school Mm -hmm. to here and now the same colors from here to your current job. That's convenient. That's convenient. Well, on a similar note, Russellville High School, Kentucky Wesleyan College and Vanderbilt University all have the same alma mater. And actually, Kentucky Wesleyan and Russellville's are identical. It's on the city's southern border. Vanderbilt says western border. Uh, but anyway, so I didn't have to learn a new alma mater. I didn't have institution here, which was well. also nice. <laughs> yes, but there's also been some common threads between colors and mascots, which has also been nice. So uh, Western Carolina mm-hmm. is where you are now. Mm-hmm. And you do what? We, I, we had an interesting conversation uh, a day or two ago. You've not long ago received a promotion, Mm -hmm. and that is into what role? So currently, I'm the Senior Director of Development at WCU. So I am in the office of the Division of University Advancement uh, and then part of the development team there. And so my new role is uh, overseeing three other uh, associate and assistant level uh, directors of development. And so I've... Raise money on behalf of the College of Arts and Sciences for WCU. Well, congratulations on that promotion. But uh, the other side of that sword is you you said this is the first time that you've had to supervise people. That's correct. Yeah. Because here at, uh, you know, starting in, and I think this is what we were talking about, that, you know, admissions is a pretty flat organizational chart most places that, you know, you're responsible for, you know, your own work. And I, I did that here. And then fundraising is is very similar. And, and going into major gifts that you're responsible, you have your areas of responsibility, and that's what you that's what you do. And as you ascend, especially in, in the development world, that when you ascend upwards, your fundraising responsibility might go up. But oftentimes there is not a personnel attachment, you know, to, to that as you are being promoted. And so, yes, I... I had worked my entire career and never, uh, you know, been responsible for other employees. And so that's, it's a big adjustment. Yeah, because along with uh, being responsible for those employees comes uh, interesting opportunities with those employees. Sure. And it's, it's, it's been really great. Um, I mean, I applied for it because I wanted to do it. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's been a lot of, of learning. A lot of learning, um, but it's it's great. I I really like doing it. I I have a tremendous staff. I am so thankful that I inherited a good staff in that role. And so, you know, we've we've hired one more in uh, at this point, and you know they're they're great too. They're a great fit. But you know, I I also feel like I was in a pretty lucky situation there because I was already working there and already knew them as colleagues and. Um, have been working alongside of them already, and just now that you know, it's a different it's a different thing now to be um, supervising them. But uh, it's it's a great fit, and I've really enjoyed it. It's it is very supervision is very different, and it will bring many opportunities throughout your career. So let's let's switch gears, Ben. Let's uh, let's talk about family. Sure. Tell us about your family. So. Um, my wife, Alex, and I live in North Carolina. She is originally from Western North Carolina. That's how we uh, wound up over there. Uh, that we were in Kentucky for a while, uh, for, for right after we got married. And uh, we met in graduate school at Vanderbilt. Uh, we were there at the same time. And so 
we were in Kentucky for a while, uh, and now we are in North Carolina for a while. Uh, so seems fair, absolutely. Um, and we we live in Asheville. Um, my family, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm from Russellville, and my mom and dad are still there. My brother, who is also a KWC graduate, Adam, uh, he graduated in 2006, and he uh, lives in Nashville with his family, um, his wife Chelsea, and my. Uh, niece and nephew, uh, Maris and August, who I'm actually seeing later tonight. Oh, very so, cool. Yes. So it's yeah. a, a homecoming, you know, that is one of the great things about coming back for alumni board meetings is like, it's also just make sure that there are regular trips home. And yeah, you so get we an always, opportunity yeah. to see family. Absolutely. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. So you just mentioned you're on the alumni board. What else keeps you busy? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, you know, work, obviously, uh, I'm uh, I'm involved with a couple of different organizations uh, in Asheville, the um, Association of Fundraising Professionals, doing some volunteering uh, around our event. That's a, a an industry group for obviously right. it, it's it is what it sounds like. It is it is a group of fundraisers, um, <laughs> and so uh, we we of course uh, you know have a professional development programming and things like that. I've been volunteering with something called National Philanthropy Day on the planning committee for that for the last couple of years. Uh, I'm an I'm an elder at uh, our church, uh, which is uh, Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church, and um, have been doing that since the beginning of the year, and had previously helped out with the youth group and things like that. Um, and then community group there. Uh, I'm on the fundraising committee for Girls on the Run of Western North Carolina. Just a uh, organization that my wife uh, introduced me to. She was a, a coach uh, for Girls on the Run when she was uh, an undergrad, and then had been on the board of the one in Lexington, uh, Kentucky, when we lived up there. And I was on the fundraising committee for for that one too. Yeah, it's interesting how you kind of get locked into the the parts of the organizations that you do for work. Sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're a fundraiser, so we want you on this committee. Sure, that's that's it. Ha- yes, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, but it happens. I mean, it's just what happens. Mm-hmm. You give of your talents where you can. Absolutely, absolutely. I like to. We're nearing the end of our time, and I like to uh, ask one question of my guests, and it's a little different. It's um, it, so I give you. I'll tell you what the question is. I give you a minute to think about it. Uh, why I, while I explain why I ask it, the question is, tell me about your favorite vacation. And I like to ask that question because Brenda and I, my wife and I love to travel. And, you know, we are approaching that point in life where it probably won't be long before we retire. And selfishly, I'm looking for good ideas for places to go. Sure. So tell me about your favorite vacation. Well, I don't have to think very long about that because I just took it uh, earlier this year. Um, my wife and I went to Italy this summer. And so okay. that one, and there's not really even a close second place. Uh, that This one is, is way out in front. Um, it, was, it was a trip that we were originally scheduled to take in uh, 2020, which obviously we did not end up getting to do. COVID um, got in the way of a lot. We booked our tickets in February of 2020, um, I think. And took the trip in 23. Yes. Well, we ended up, of course, those were canceled and refunded and everything, but we bought, we bought our airline tickets 
I, I believe, so as you may recall, you know, COVID uh, hit Europe before it came to America and it, it hit Italy first. And I think that we, I think we bought our tickets maybe the week before that happened. Um, and so we were like, oh no, this isn't good. Uh, cause of course like that was the, but timing is everything the the front end of the, of like the initial spread. And so, um, we ended up having to curtail that, uh, and, and reschedule it for uh, just, well, it was kind of a, you know, TBD sort of thing. We're like, well, we know we want to do this, but, right. uh, but, um, we, the next summer, you know, travel was still not really easy. Uh, it was still, everything was still very restricted. We didn't feel comfortable, you know, getting on a plane uh, in the summer of 21 either. And so, we ended up doing it this last year, and it was it was incredible. Where'd we, you go? So uh, Alex and I went to we went we flew into Rome, and then we kind of bookended the trip uh, since we flew in and out of Rome. We did um, essentially we had one full day in Rome on both sides of the trip, but kind of halves of two other days. Okay. Uh, just kind of with the flight times or whatever and having to get back and forth from the airport. So we didn't get to see a ton in Rome. Uh, we we did the Vatican. We did the Colosseum um, because, you know, that's kind of, those are long, long activities anyways. The things you do. Yes. And so, yeah. but we did, we were there for, I guess, 10 days and we were in Tuscany for a few days, which was incredible. Uh, just the food. We we stayed. My wife is incredible uh, for a lot of reasons, but she is also a master of trip itinerary and planning. And so she found all of these tremendous, um, tremendous places to to stay, to eat, uh, to you know all. And so we ended up staying in a. a 14th century castle. Oh, now that sounds cool. <laughs> right? Um, yes, this uh, this uh, couple had purchased it, I think they said maybe 20 or 30 years ago, and fixed it up and opened a bed and breakfast there. And, wow, that sounds neat. Oh, it was great. And then from there, um, we and we took a cooking class when we were up there too, um, which was a, a it was yeah it was it was great we it was a really neat thing so it's like an agritourism place and so they you know they grow most of what they feed everybody there on right, site yeah. and of course they have like a vineyard and things uh like that too but part of the thing is you can buy a, like a, a more or less like a a ticket so to speak for dinner if you were just in the area uh but you can also buy like uh the cooking class and so we prepared the meal for us and actually this couple from Atlanta. Uh, we were there at the same time that Paolo taught us how to, uh, you know, make the pasta, make the ragu and like do all of this stuff. And then we fed, I think, maybe 12 people oh, that's with, our, with our meal. It was really cool. Yeah. And uh, then we went down to the Amalfi Coast um, for the kind of the conclusion and stayed in a town called Positano for uh, about three days and uh that was incredible right on the on the mediterranean and you know got to take like a uh you know did a boat cruise around the the coastline there and it and it looks it's so gorgeous it it doesn't look real um it 
It was tremendous. So certainly a trip that you recommend. Five out of five would would recommend, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm going to add that to our list of potential things yes. that we do. Yes. We've never had the opportunity to go to Europe. and That, that was my first definitely time. Definitely something yeah. on our bucket list. Yes. That was my first time going, and I, it'll be hard to... That's that'll be a that's a, a precedent that we have set now for that it'll be hard to ever top that trip in my opinion. I'd be happy to see if it could be topped. I'll put it that yeah, way. You're yeah, you're gonna you're gonna try. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Ben, listen, we are at the end of our time. Uh, thank you for thank coming you, and having a conversation, sharing a little bit about you and your life and your evolution, and uh, I'm sure that our listeners are gonna find it fascinating. Um, So until next time, I am Doug Hoyt. I am your host and have a great day. This has been another episode of Alumni Evolution, the official podcast of the KWC Alumni Association hosted by Doug Hoyt, class of 1984. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow the Alumni Association on social media at KWC Alumni. See you next time, Panthers.